Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my God, I've been in like tech crisis all morning. I was getting this weird feedback noise. It's been happening for a while. I've been having to do all these adjustments when I'm recording in order to keep that like weird feedback noise, that like that screeching sound. Not to come through the audio. It's been going on for like two weeks. But this morning, I finally figured out what it is. With the help of YouTube, you can learn almost anything on YouTube, I swear. So I've got my technology back in order and I'm thankful. I have a new neighbor who moved in just across the hall and they have this dog that barks fucking incessantly. I did figure out though... That when my microphone does that screeching sound, it stops the dog from barking. But then the screeching sound is driving me nuts instead of the dog barking. Like something's got to give. I ordered at like 3 o'clock this morning because the dog was just like on one all night. I ordered this, um, I don't know, some audio thing for dogs. It like affects their hearing, but humans can't hear it. I'm going to have to put it by the door to like stop the neighbor's dog from barking. This apartment living is not for me. I need a damn house. Ugh. The good news is that I'm actually still under my old lease. So when my lease is up in November, technically, I could keep plan B of my life plan and move to Atlanta and buy a place. Technically. We'll see. I don't know. Plan A was to run off to Ghana to live for at least six months. That was the official in-motion plan before COVID hit. Me and my friend Davida. Davida, she keeps coming up. We talked about Davida a couple episodes ago. My friend that I traveled to Ghana with. Me and Davida were plotting to be out. We were trying to move to Ghana. Like her, like for good. <laughs> Me, I was like, yeah, I'll max out in a year. I just want to bounce around Africa for a year. See if I can see every country. Very Maya Angelou-esque. I read All God's Children Have Traveling Shoes. Right after I came back from Ghana... For the first time, so like three years ago. And she talked about living abroad. I think she lived in Egypt as well. And I was like, you know what? I think I want this experience for my life. Damn COVID. And then, you know, professional life. I don't know how I'm going to pull this one off. But I'm determined to do this Ghana thing as well as this Atlanta thing. Like, I'm so tired of somebody living above me. I need penthouse money, if nothing else. Ugh, I hate being an adult. 
In other adulting news, I woke up the other day and dyed my hair black. Like, I was just, I was over the blonde. Like, I just was like, I don't want to be blonde anymore. I'm over this shit. I also hadn't had my roots done in like six months. And I was like this flying back and forth to the East Coast every time I need to get my roots done. Like, I'm, I'm over this shit. So I woke up and dyed my hair black. Not jet jet black. I don't look like an old man trying to pretend I ain't got no gray. Which actually I don't. I have like three strands. But, like, my hair is still growing in black. Like, some of my friends, their hair is starting to grow in, like, really gray in their 40s. And I was like, woo. So, yeah, I dyed it black. And then I cut off, like, half the parts that were blonde. Because, you know, you can use the best products ever for your hair. But, like, bleach just damages your hair. There's no way around it. So, I guess I'll grow my hair back curly. I don't know. I pulled it up into this top bun because I don't feel like dealing with my hair until further notice. I just got too much shit going on to do hair every day. Even with, like, pushing my hair out the way. Like, I just, I can't be bothered. So I pushed it up in this bun. And I got this bright idea to, like, pull some little pieces down on the side. And I thought it was cute. And then, like, I don't know, I caught myself at a weird angle. And I was like, ooh, I can't tell if I'm giving you, like, authentic Thelma from Good Times, 70s black girl realness. Or am I giving you Hasidic Jewish man circa crown heights? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I went to dinner with one of my friends, Nicole, Nicole Walters. She came on the show. She had a reality series on USA earlier this year, and she came on the show. But she was in L.A., and we went to dinner, and she didn't say anything about my tendrils. So I guess they're giving Thelma 70s realness. I hope. But I'm going to have to give you that version that I'm not really sure if it's good or if it's bad until further notice, because I am drowning right now. I am drowning. All good things, projects that I'm like happy to do, but still, it's just a lot of work. Like I'm living the dream. It's not the living in Ghana dream or the renovated townhouse dream. It's not that dream, but it's a dream nonetheless. It's what I moved to L.A. to do, so. Did I tell you that I had that offer to be in a writer's room? I can't tell you who it is. He has his own talk show coming later this year. And he actually personally called me. Um, and asked me to audition for his writer's room, which I did. And I got through the third round of interviews. And then I got a message that I didn't make it into the writer's room. Which I was bummed about, sort of. I wanted to be in a writer's room. That's something that I, I really, really wanted at one point in time. And then in the process of doing this interview, I was like, wait, writer's rooms are eight hours a day? like 40 hours a week. And it was a writer's room based on the East Coast. So I would have been working like 6 a.m. to 2, which I was kind of willing to do. I told myself if I was offered the job, I would take it just for the experience. It's only like six months. So I was like, for six months, I will work like a full 40-hour work week from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'll do that for the experience of being in a writer's room. But it didn't pan out. But then the other thing panned out and I wouldn't have been able to do both. And the other thing is one of those things that like you have to say yes to or at least have to prioritize heavily. So, oh, life with its ups and downs and such. In good black news this week, I am happy to report that Tia Williams, author of Seven Days in June, we talked about her book. I raved about her book and had a wonderful interview with her. Virtual. For Cafe Con Libros in New York. But Seven Days in June hit the New York Times bestsellers list earlier this week. So congratulations to Tia. 
She's on this wonderful streak of wins and good news, and I hope it never ends. She deserves every bit of it. So congratulations, Tia. I am super, super happy for you. We've talked many times on here about how one of my dreams in life is to hit the New York Times bestsellers list. I guess I need to finish that book, huh? My literary agent listens to my podcast. Tia and I have the same one. (laughs) And I know she's going to be like, you think? You think you might want to send the proposal back? You think? I think. I think I do. This isn't good black news, or maybe it's considered good. Remember that wretched woman we talked about that made fun of the newest royal baby? She was fired. Julie Birch. She was a columnist for The Telegraph. And she's the one that suggested that Harry and Meghan's new baby should have been called Georgina Floydina. And she referred to the new baby as an it. Baby ain't been alive a week yet and is already experiencing racism. But she took to Facebook and she said, I've been sacked by the telegraph. It's been a lovely five years and I'll always be grateful to them for ending my wilderness years. However, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't often moaned to my husband recently about them always rejecting my edgy column ideas and giving me more pedestrian ones, which I've always done splendidly anyway. Ma'am, if the wittiest you can get with your slurs is Georgina Floydina, I know you wasn't pitching nothing edgy and exciting to the paper. This woman looks just like you would expect. Unfortunate. It has to be miserable in life because no one who's happy with their life is throwing racist attacks at like a one-day-old. What the fuck is wrong with people? But yeah. Hopefully her husband can support the family because she ain't got no check no more. Oh, well. Oh, we have another update this week. Gary Owen. Remember Gary Owen? We talked about him. His wife had aired him out in an Instagram post. Made a lot of accusations. We talked about that last episode, allegedly. She made a lot of accusations. I was like, I don't know if they're true, but they're damning. Gary appeared on the Wendy Williams show recently. He wouldn't give details on exactly what happened with the marriage. He did indicate that it was something big and unexpected. And Wendy asked him, because the first thing that popped in my head was like, did you get somebody else pregnant? Did you cheat? He wouldn't answer a direct question about cheating. He did say that he didn't get someone else pregnant. He said his situation was not scandalous, but there was some unexpectedness that did occur. Wendy tried real hard to get the information out of him, but he did keep it classy. Wendy was also trying to find out if he was dating or or what his situation was. And Gary told Wendy, he said, quote, I belong to the streets. Sir. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. 
but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, Wendy did this, and, and I guess Gary's doing it too. But people like to go through divorce and then pretend that they're perfectly fine and that they're ready for the streets and they're ready to date again. If you're currently in the midst of divorce negotiations and, and your spouse, estranged spouse, but spouse nonetheless, but if y'all are taking these jabs at each other where you're wearing shirts that say breadwinner and she's firing off 300-word missives and Instagram captions, you're not ready to be in the streets. I know you want to be because you've been in captivity for a long time. You want to act up. I get it. This I belong to the streets like I'm ready, I'm fresh, I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I need folks who are going through divorces. Sit down. Chris Rock, when he was going through his divorce, he did a radio show. I don't know if it was The Breakfast Club. He was like, something is very wrong in your life. You've made a lot of decisions that have led you to this moment where, which should be like the most important relationship in your life, has fractured and fallen apart. Like a lot went wrong for your life to get to this point. So you're losing your spouse. You're losing your emotional and financial stability. When you go through a divorce, every single thing in your life that has meaning becomes unstable. That's why people tend to freak out about divorces in the way that they do. You can't be going through a divorce and everything in your life be unstable at the same damn time and then be like, I'm ready for the streets. The streets will chew you up and spit you out, especially if you ain't used to being in them anymore. I want people who are going through divorces, go sit down. Just go go have a seat. In the therapist's office, preferably. But if you can't make it there, on your couch. Just sit on the couch, have some long conversations with yourself, sip some tea, some wine if you have to. Stay away from the hard liquor. That's not going to help your situation. But people be trying to rush to get back out there. Ain't no rush. Ain't no rush. The streets is on the same bullshit they was on when you was last in them. Streets ain't changed. Actually, they got worse. This rush to the streets. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't like being in the streets. And I ain't like being married either. We got to find some middle ground here because the streets, I'm not for the streets. So I'm not built for the streets. <sighs> but I wish Gary and his wife the best. I wish them silence. She, she might light his ass up again once she see the clip from Wendy. I don't know. I wish them the best. I wish, I wish them peace. Oh, High on the Hog. I talked about it. A bunch of you went and watched it. You've been writing into me and saying how much you love it. I'm glad you do. I told you I was going to try to get Steven 
for the show. I reached out to the PR at Netflix. And at first it was Memorial Day. So they were like, oh, he's traveling right now. So I followed up with them and I got that Steven is unavailable. So womp womp. I had hoped that he would be able to come on the show. I hope that he's unavailable because he's off shooting more episodes and High on the Hog doesn't become a limited series. It becomes a regular series. I hope that's what you're working on. But no worries. I already told y'all that I don't like to do interviews, so maybe he don't either. But I wish him the best. I've watched High on the Hog at least three times. Like, it brings me so much joy. My only criticism of the show is that there were only four episodes. I wanted more. I hope he's off somewhere doing well and eating well. There's another foodie show on Netflix with a black host. I'm not really into foodie shows like that. Like, I mean, I'm a huge Bourdain fan. You know, we've talked about him 50 million times. But the food was secondary to me like I liked Bourdain and I liked his conversation with the people that he met while they were eating the food but I saw another food show and it was a black dude and High on the Hog was so wonderful to me and I was like well let's check out this other show you know I'm kind of like Issa in that way like I root for everybody black I like to give the black shows a watch just to you know give them a chance give them a fighting chance at a second season so I turned on Fresh Fried and Crispy And the host is Damon Scott Patterson. He goes by Dane. You can hear it in the pauses, can't you? Um, It's not a bad show. The food looked wonderful. The first episode was in St. Louis. And the first thing he went to eat was fried ravioli from a food truck. And I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. This looks like good eating. I was in, but I only made it 15 minutes into episode one. The food looked great. St. Louis looked like an exciting food city. I've never been to St. Louis. I can't offer you a firsthand testimony. And this may just be my taste. I want you to watch the show for 10, 15 minutes. And you tell me if you picked up on the things that I picked up on. He seemed like a nice guy. He's a big guy, easy on the eye. If you like like a big dude, he's a big dude beard got some gray in it nice looking man he struck me as the type of black dude that white people like to hang out with do you understand what i mean by that and i know nothing of him outside of this show he didn't strike me as like being authentically black it was like an overuse of slang like every sentence had a slang word in it and i was just like who talks like that? I was like, even my hood friends don't talk like that. Like, I, mmm, mmm. It got uncomfortable to watch it at some point because I felt like he was like doing performative blackness specifically to entertain white people. And I was like, oh, no, no, I want the best for you, bro. I want your show to succeed, but mm mm, mm not like this. So I called it fried ravioli in the beginning. It's called toasted ravioli. He was like, yeah. We're about to go taste these tea ravs because I'm hangry. And I was like, who who fuck talks like that? Like black people are not calling toasted ravioli tea ravs. It's it's just it's it's just not something we do. We'd be like, oh, you wanna get some toasted ravioli? You wanna get some ravioli? But tea ravs? Go get these tea ravs? Like, what? And then like, because I'm hangry? So that's what I mean. It's like too much slang, like all combined together. He speaks like a white dude trying to mimic 
African-American cultural speech patterns, which is a very, very specific thing to black people. And I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's almost like in the same way, like if you live in a city and you see somebody walking down the street, you could just look at them and tell like they're not from there. And you might not even be able to pinpoint exactly what it is. It's just like, you know what you know. That's what I'm picking up on watching the show. And the only thing I can reduce it to is an overuse of slang, but I know it goes much deeper than that. I just can't put my finger on exactly what it is. But I talked about it on my Facebook page and I got the friends over there to like, I was like, just watch 10 minutes of this and tell me if you see what I'm seeing. Or then he's like really excited, like level 10 excited about ish that's really only like level six. Is this like the black person entertaining white people thing? Or is this the, I'm not used to being on camera and so I'm a little bit nervous and somebody told me to like play up everything because you got to be bigger on TV than you are in life, which is true to a degree. It's a very weird line to walk before you just seem like heightened normal or what the fuck. But yeah. But can you watch 10 minutes of this show and then let me know if you see what I see? Because it, 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 like, it didn't irk me. It wasn't like an itchy in my spirit. But like I, I watched for 15 minutes and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Like my hand started to get fidgety and like reached for the remote and like frantically turned it off. Okay, that does sound itchy inside. That does sound like I was itchy. Okay, maybe I was itchy about it. I don't, I don't know. You watch it and you tell me. Because I don't know. In better TV or film, The Heights is finally here. I have been greatly anticipating this film. I am borderline in love with Anthony Ramos. He's best known for Hamilton by like almost everyone. But for me, he's Mars Blackman in, in Netflix's She's Gotta Have It. He could rest his Jordans under my bed. I'm just saying. I didn't really care for Mars in the original She's Gotta Have It. I mean, Spike Lee, like his character didn't really do anything for me. But I, I'm like obsessed with Anthony Ramos and he is the star of The Heights. I watched a little bit of it earlier today because it's in theaters, but it's also on HBO Max. I only watched about 20 minutes or so, but it is wonderful. Oh my God, it's so good. There's this scene where like there's a whole city block of people dancing. Think almost like fame with a whole city block of all shapes, colors, and sizes. Great representation. And they break out into dance and song. And then as soon as it ends, it goes immediately back to like the pacing of New York, where it's just like a whole bunch of people outside and people are walking, they're shopping, they're scolding their kids, they're buying fruit, they're, they're running errands, they're walking to the train. Like it's just, it's a really amazing scene. It made me miss New York. I was supposed to be in New York for an event next week and I was like, you know what, I, I'm not going to make it. I've got way too much on my plate and I'm trying to do the most and I can't. I'm not going to run myself ragged right now. I need to stay focused. So, but it really made me miss home. Also, are cicadas attacking New York as well? I know DC is catching hell. Like DC is miserable with the cicadas. I don't know if, I don't know if New York is. But I was like, New York got too much going on just on a good day. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. All them goddamn people and heat and trash stink and subway heat and cicadas? No. Absolutely not. I'll see y'all again in the fall. I wanted to come for the cause exhibit. And then I think there's like a rosé party. But I ain't really ready to be around humans like that yet. So I'll catch New York sometime later. Maybe October. I don't know. 
You know who else is in In the Heights that I wasn't expecting to see? Corey Hawkins, Dr. Dre from the NWA film, or the black Jack Bauer. Did that last more than a season? I tried to watch it. I couldn't get into it. I hope he got his network checked, though. I'm sure he did. But still. But he's in the Heights. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could sing, too. What can't you do? He has a nice voice. It's easy on the eye. But he's in it, too. It's so good. As soon as I'm done editing this podcast, I'm going to start it over from the beginning. And, like, I rarely watch my actual TV. I watch everything on my desktop. I am actually going to get on the pink couch and curl up and watch In the Heights. I'm, like, goo gobs excited. And I don't even like musicals like that. Way too excited. What else? Because it's a slow news week, because that's the only reason I can think of the story having so much traction. K. Michelle posted a picture of herself and she looked very different than how she usually does appear. The face of K. Michelle that we've come to know and love. She's an attractive woman. But she posted a picture yesterday and she had pink hair. And she, to my knowledge, was a very brown girl. In the picture, she looked about my complexion. Depending on the time of year and the region of the country, like I can be light-skinned, I can be light brown, I don't, I don't really know. But whatever my complexion is, that's about what Kay Michelle's complexion was in the image. And I was like, ooh, that's a leap. I was like, I don't know if you've had some lighting situations, if you've had some bleaching situations. I don't know, sis. I don't know. The pink hair was the least of the conversation. She appeared in the image to have done a significant amount of work to her face where many people found her unrecognizable. And they were like, I see K. Michelle posting a picture. I don't know who this is a picture of because I know sure in the hell well, this ain't K. Michelle. That's the general reaction to the picture. I saw the picture. I did not recognize the woman in the picture as K. Michelle. I understood later that the person in the image was supposed to be K. Michelle, allegedly. And I was like, oh, because this person looks nothing at all like the woman we've been, you know, looking at, seeing pictures, images, video of for the better part of what, like 10 years? Pretty woman, though. Pretty woman. Symmetrical. You know, sometimes people just do a little too much, like the cheeks are weird or the lips are too weird or the eyes are too wide. Like, no, good work. Great work. But K. Michelle did do a video this morning. I'm taping on Thursday around 2 p.m. But K. Michelle did go live on Instagram earlier today. She said that she had not had any surgery done to her face. And in the video, she had on her pink wig. But she didn't have on any makeup. She had on her lashes. But she didn't appear to have like her face like done done. And she looked more like herself. She still didn't look like the K. Michelle that we first met many, many years ago. She doesn't look like that K. Michelle. But she didn't look as different as she did in the original images that she posted. But in the video, you'd be able to identify her. In the images, not so much. But it's still some difference. She said there was no surgery. Surgery is a very specific thing. Air lipo can totally restructure you, but technically it's not surgery. There's not an incision per se. There's no cutting. Botox or any of the other fillers, those could totally switch up your face. It's like, well, does that count? Because I was like, sis, like you look pretty. You look nice, but you don't look like you used to. Something's different. 
I'm not saying it's bad different. I'm just saying stuff is different. No, it's her face. She can do what she wants with it. And look, whatever she's doing with it, it looks nice. If you take all the cultural context out of the situation, whatever she's done, she looks nice. But then with context, you got to be like, like you were a brown girl and now you're not so brown. And you seem to tweak some things to give you a more, I don't even want to call it European because that's not what it is. It's, it's in the same vein of that Kardashian face where it's like ethnic ambiguity. But I guess if you're a clearly black woman taking on features that are ethnically ambiguous, then you are kind of like whitening in a way. I don't know. I don't feel like having that discussion right now. I'm not in the mood to be deep. Sorry. But she's a pretty woman. She's a pretty woman before whatever she did to, to tweak or change her appearance. I poured out the context part of it and, you know, what it says about melanin or ethnicity. And, but I also feel like to mention that without going too damn deep, I so don't want to be deep today. You also just have to acknowledge that like beauty standards, the reigning beauty standards as they are, don't favor black women. And I don't mean just black community beauty standards because there's, there's our standards and then there's like the wider standards. And I totally get, especially living in LA, where image is so, so, so important here. How you just do a self-assessment and just be like, yo, fuck it. Like, I'm tired of being like so far from, you know, being what's considered the center of beautiful, the ideal. And if you got the money to change it, and so why the fuck not? It totally makes sense to me how people reach that conclusion. So maybe, you know, that's what she did. She says she didn't do anything. I don't really care enough to argue with her. I just, like, I have eyes. But, you know, like, it's her face, and if she wants to change it and she feels great about it, then the work that she says she did not have done, it's good fucking work. Sis, pass me the doctor that didn't work on your face. Like, whatever. I hope she's happy. If she's happy, I honestly don't give a fuck. It's her face. Next. <laughs> oh, this is good. Kwame Kilpatrick. Remember Kwame Kilpatrick? The disgraced mayor of Detroit who was sentenced to, I want to say 28 years in prison. He got out. Was he pardoned by Trump? He's currently living in Atlanta and Deadline Detroit caught up with him for his first interview since his release. I think the owner of Deadline Detroit, it's alluded to in the article, is a financial sponsor of Kilpatrick. But if you're interested in what's going on with him, it's a very long read. I'm not going to read you all of it for obvious reasons. But um, he's living in Atlanta and he's reunited with his family, his, his children, at least. His ex-wife doesn't want to have a lot to do with him, which, you know, is understandable given the circumstances. He says that he's done with politics. He's going to divinity school, I believe at Columbia University, later this year. Kilpatrick is 51. I will note, apropos of nothing, he looked good. He might not be shit as a person. And I say might. I don't know the man. I met him once, years ago. It was very nice. After party for the NAACP Awards in L.A., Many, many, many years ago. Same night I met Michael B. Jordan. He was still on the wire or had just recently been killed off at the time. He talks about his experience in prison. He says when he was in prison for the first year or so, he was really depressed. He says, I felt, quote, condemned, guilt-ridden, angry, 
feelings of being a failure as a dad, my primary responsibility of being a husband and father, that I let my family down. So he was dealing with that. And then this gentleman came along, Bruce Smith. And he asked him if he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he told him no. And so he and Bruce got to talking and one thing led to another. And then Kwame describes that they were having a conversation in the prison chapel one day. And he says, quote, there was no lightning or thunder. I didn't kiss the feet of Jesus, but there was a definite change in my heart and in my mindset. He added later, I took that commitment that I made that day very seriously. He said he began preaching a little bit in prison. He was counseling others. He said in prison, he was the old guy. But he said for every prison that he was in, I guess he got bounced around a lot. He said, I worked in every prison chapel. I taught classes. I taught public speaking, cognitive and employability skills, Bible studies. The chaplain in El Reno made me the worship leader at church services. I would get up there and sing and lead the worship. And then I started preaching the message. Kwame says that he does not have a church now, but he is preaching. He said he will be preaching this weekend in Detroit, no less. Two sermons, one Sunday. He says he doesn't know if he's going to open up a church. Hmm. He's also engaged. A nice lady from Detroit. They do not have a date for their wedding, but he says, quote, quote, we're not going to take a million years to do it. That's fascinating. Oh, you're thinking it too. It's fascinating. Like a man can be fresh out of prison, be like a million dollars in debt because he's got a ton of restitution that he has to pay back to the city of Detroit. Have no real job. Felonies. You know whose devotees will be like, oh, I'm a high value man. And go get a whole fiance. It's amazing. Women will gain five pounds and be like, I'm doomed forever. I'll never meet anyone. Meanwhile, men folk, it's amazing the way the game is rigged. What else does Kwame have to say in this article? He talks about the case. He admits to wrongdoing. He doesn't say anything specific that he may or may not have done. (laughs) He talks about his first meal when he got out. I thought this was funny. The first day, he said, I had everything from catfish to crab legs, lamb chops to pizza. And he said, I started watching those commercials. He said, he said he saw some Popeye's commercials and he said, they got a chicken sandwich. So he said he had one of those too. I was like, really? You fresh out the pen and you wanted a Popeye's sandwich, sir? So let me say this, because you know what I'm going to say. If you're a regular listener, you know what I'm going to say. I believe that there is grace for those that seek it. I read this whole article about Kwame He talked about Jesus. He talked about finding God. He talked about preaching. He talked about maybe, maybe not starting a church, but definitely going to divinity school. Is he seeking grace? I don't know. I can't really tell. I read this whole article. I can't tell if if God is his new hustle or he's on some Malcolm X, at least in the film, telling Shorty God's word ain't no hustle. I don't know. I don't know. I know it's convenient. It's very convenient. Him becoming a minister was not on my bingo card. I really didn't see that one happening. In all my discussions, no one ever said, you know, maybe he'll start a church. Maybe he'll become a pastor. No one ever said that. There were some questions as to whether he would at least try to get back into politics. Because you have to throw that out there. 
When you're having a conversation about comebacks with black folks, everyone's always going to refer to Marion Barry, who was seen on camera smoking crack and got reelected as the mayor of D.C. So, like, nothing's impossible. It was a possibility that he might try to go back into politics, maybe pick it up in another state, maybe sell insurance. But I never saw him going into the church. That said... Opening a church, which he says, I don't know, will I, won't I? He definitely will. He's totally going to do that. All that tax-free money, all that literal cash flowing, it's a good, it's a good occupation for someone who got to pay back a whole lot of money. And he's an attractive man. I started off talking about that. He's a charismatic man. He's a good speaker. We know that from him being a politician. You sprinkle a little Jesus on that? That's a good hustle. I mean, I hope he's genuine. I'd have to take God seriously if my ass got locked up for 28 years and I got out in five and got pardoned of all people by Trump. If that ain't God making a way out of no way, I don't know what is. So I hope that he ain't playing with the Lord. I hope that he's serious. I really do. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's not. I mean, God's word shouldn't be. Shouldn't be a hustle. But it's a good hustle for a lot of people. I so want to name names, but I'm trying not to be messy today. You caught me on a day where I'm walking a straight and narrow and evaluating my life's purpose. You know the names I could call. You might be in that church. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you haven't picked up your merch for Don't Waste Your Pretty, please do. It's available on DemetriaLLucas.com. And... If you need some ratchet and respectable in your life between now and next week, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Demetria L. Lucas. Please note the two L's. It makes a world of difference. As always, thank you for listening. We'll talk again on Tuesday. Okay. Bye. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.